0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Bellows. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your Word. Let it bless everyone who hears. Let it inspire. Let it transform. Let it change. Let it um, revitalize our spirit, man, in the name of Jesus. Thank you because... You are here with us as we study your word. Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about spiritual maturity recently um, in the last few episodes. And we're going to continue on that today. And one thing I want you to know is that the ultimate goal of uh, the believer's maturity is to be as Christ is to be Christ-like in nature. So Christ-likeness is the ultimate goal of the believer's um, life and maturity, so to speak. Because from the place of infancy to the place of full age, it is expected that we exude the life of Christ, right? So that we are not just only professing Christians or believers who say we attend church, we attend a church, or we have have the name of uh, a, a place where we go to worship, But we are people whose lives exude the very life of Christ. We're Christ-like in our nature. In everything that we do, people can see Christ. And that's the essence of spiritual maturity, right? Um, Regardless of of what position we might occupy in church, it might be a position of appointment as a pastor or a calling or uh, a leader in church, it is important that we show the Christ-like Life. Um, The Bible says for to God we are the fragrance of Christ both to those that are saved and to those that are perishing and that's the ultimate goal of spiritual maturity Christ likeness and I'm just going to go through a few scriptures and I believe it will bless you. Let's start with Romans chapter 8 verse 28 Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Oh hallelujah praise the Lord somebody. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, look at verse 29. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, I want you to see something here that the Bible is saying that Um, God predestinated us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, right? So because he foreknew us, he predestinated us that as we come into Christ, as we're baptized into Christ, we are conformed into the very image of Christ. So that's what the Bible here is saying. Um, It says that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So now that we share the spirit of Jesus Christ, we are one with Jesus. And Christ-likeness is the ultimate goal of spiritual maturity and the desire and the will of God that we all come into. So it says, For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And uh, we, we, are, we are Christians. In fact, the, the name or the word Christian was given to believers who were at Antioch because they were behaving like Jesus. So people, the unbelievers who were around that time in that locality called them Christians because they were Christ-like in their nature. We want a situation whereby as we have received the seed of the word of God which has brought about our new creation in Christ, people will see the life of Christ that exudes from ourselves and from our lives. Uh, I look at the story of Genesis, the creation, where, story Genesis, the creation, where God was making man, he says, and now let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, right? Let us create man. And the Bible says God made man in his image, not in their image, because I would assume that after God said, now let us make man in our own image and all of that and after our likeness he was speaking as regarding the Trinity but when the Bible says um, he made man it says and God made man in his image now when I look at that I would say that the image there is the image of his son because scripture also tells us that everything was created by the word Uh, without him was not anything made that was made so um, um, even from the beginning Adam was created to look like the Son, and that's why we have the first Adam and then we have the last Adam. So therefore it's important that we know that the life of the believer is meant to be conformed to the full stature of who we are in Christ and it is my prayer that you would exude the Christ life and you would live just as Christ has lived and you would um, exude the fragrance of Christ in your space and in your um, locality wherever you are praise God now let us look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 glory to God it says but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord we are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Now, the Bible says that we're transformed because you're beholding the mirror, uh, the, the glass, you're beholding the Word of God, you're being changed into that image from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. So, from glory to glory. Now, look at the next chapter, chapter 4, and look at verse 6. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So that glory that we're being transformed into is actually from the beholding the face of Jesus. So the believer is transformed into the reality of who he is in Christ Jesus. And this is so powerful for us to know. I want us to see also Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to see that growth has a direction. Spiritual maturity has a direction. Have you thought about a child that is born, and um, there's a condition called autism, for example, and uh, the mental state of a child that is autistic may not be—it's not developed as much as it will be for normal children. So, whilst the child might be growing physically. The mind of the child is slow in growing and it has a form of growth. You can see an appearance of growth physically, but in the mental state, um, there, is a, there, is a, uh, there is an impediment in the developmental milestone of the child. So um, it is important that we know that growth has a direction. There are many people who look like adults in the body of Christ But if you look at the real state of things, um, they just might be babies, right? So it is not how long you've been in Christ, but it is to be sure that you are growing in the right direction. So growth has a direction, and the direction of growth for the believer is the direction of Christlikeness. And I'm going to show you that in the scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 12. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 12. It says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now look at verse 13. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Ephesians 4.13 says that, It is expected that we all will come to that place where we attain, right, um, the measure of the stature of Christ. As a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, right? And it's so important for us to know because it is your responsibility to grow and be a blessing to other members in the body of Christ because of your maturity um, that you assume. As you keep beholding Christ and you keep becoming like him. Because as you behold Christ, you become more like him. So let me read the Amplified Version of this same um, verse 13. It says that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. So our spiritual growth has everything to do with knowledge of the Son of God. No wonder Scripture says, like Peter would say in his epistles, grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when grace is multiplied, when peace is multiplied in your life, it is through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is so important for you to know. It says that, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of person, or the completeness of personality rather, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. And this is the desire of God uh, for every believer, that we will come to accurate knowledge, the complete standard of height of who Christ is. So growth has a direction. If you are not growing in Christ-likeness, you might be growing in the gifts of the Spirit. That's fantastic. You might be growing in your passion for your job. That's fantastic. You might be growing in your relationship with people and family and friends. That's fantastic. But you see the knowledge of the Son of God Is the direction is the ultimate direction for growth that will ultimately affect every other aspect of your life so Christ has to be the focus of your growth Um, if Christ is not the focus of your growth you might be growing it might look like you know you are making progress but that's just what I would call fig leaves without the fruits I mean it looks attractive from the outside but to be honest it's it's fruitless actually so God wants us to exhibit Christ-likeness in everything that we do. Let's keep reading. He says, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Then look at verse 15. He says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, see what it says: May grow up into Him. So we are to grow up into Him. So Christ is our mold. He is what is. He is whom we are conformed to. So we are to grow up into Christ. Let me read the amplified version of uh, this verse 15. It says, "Rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly." living truly and folded in love let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head even Christ the Messiah the Anointed One I want to show you something here Um, the Amplified Version mentions three things it says speaking truly number two dealing truly and number three living truly and I'll just talk about these three things Um, one of the ways that your maturity is expressed is when you speak truly. Now, speaking truly is so powerful because you can speak statements of truth doesn't mean that you are speaking truly. Um, You can say things that are facts doesn't mean you're speaking truly. But it is important that you learn how to speak truly and not just make statements of truth or statements of fact. Because we must know the difference between truth and fact. There is a way to speak in the new covenant, and there's a way to speak for one who is growing in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So, the way we speak in the kingdom, we speak from the perspective of all Christ has done, right? The Bible says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, we, we talk about our redemption. Uh, it says, Let the rich say, I am, let the poor Say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. So um, are you saying, Pastor, that we should lie? Are you saying we should be dishonest about what we say? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that when you say you are strong when you are weak, is not a lie because you are speaking from your position and not your experience. So to speak truly is to speak from the perspective of all that Christ Has done, And I want to commend you that if you're going to grow, you must keep your focus on your position and not your experience. Learn how to talk truly. You know, Paul said something, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I understood like a child. There's a way children talk. A child can talk from the place of his need and from the place of his deficiency, from the place of um, his vulnerability, right? Now, Um, But what God commends, right, for believers is that believers must learn how to speak from the place of victory. Believers must learn how to speak from the place of their oneness with Christ and who they are in Christ. Don't talk, you know. When men will say there is a casting down, for example, we will say there is a lifting up. So your saying is very key. Like, for example, in the pandemic, I was very particular about what I said. I was not going to join the world to say what everybody is saying. Um, I was not going to speak fear, but I was going to speak faith. And it was a choice for me to make because I know who I am in Christ. So we must always at every given point speak victory in our circumstances, in our situation. And that's because you are beholding Christ. You are conformed to his image. And you are growing up into him, you're learning, you are teaching yourself how to talk. You know, um, I've seen a lot of people who talk carelessly, right? If if you talk carelessly about things, you must you must desist from that because that is a sign of immaturity, right? There, there are some things that we don't even joke about, right? Because it doesn't speak of who we are. So let even your jokes, let your Comments, let your conversations reflect everything that you are in Christ. Let your conversations edify, let your conversations glorify God. Let everything you do, both in word, in deed, glorify the name of the Lord. So let your words bring exhortation and comfort and edification to the people who hear. The Bible says that let your words be seasoned, let your tongue be seasoned, with salt, he has given you the tongue of, uh, um, he has given you the, the, he has made your tongue like the pen of a ready writer. The Bible says grace is poured upon your lips. What does that mean? When the Bible says grace is poured upon your lips, it means that the idea of grace, the idea of God's love, is poured on your lips. So learn how to talk grace. Learn how to talk possibility. Even when you're sleeping, when you wake up from sleep, no matter how rough things might be, learn how to speak truly. And that speaks of your maturity. You know, I mean, you could see Jesus on the cross. The Bible says that while he was lifted, uh, in the midst of the pain, scripture says that he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Jesus was still speaking truly, even in the midst of his pain. Um... There was a day someone I respect so dearly. Um, He was going through a lot of pain. You know, he was having affliction in his body. And all I kept hearing him say is, God is good. God is a good God. In the midst of his pain. And I was watching him at some point. I didn't even know what to say. I was just watching him. And all I kept hearing is, God is a good God. Of course, in no time he came out of that pain. And God um, brought restoration to his body and all of that. You know, but I learned something from that experience that, you know, in the midst of the pain, he learned how to speak positively. So we must learn how to lovingly express truth. Speaking truly, we must learn how to talk correctly. Grace is poured upon your lips today. And wherever you are hearing me, learn to speak grace to circumstances. You know, um, the Bible says that... Um, If you speak to this mountain, it will leave because of the declaration of faith that comes out of your mouth. You say to the mountain, get out of this place and it will leave. The mountain is meant to leave because it has ears to hear your words. And the words of um, God in your mouth are as powerful as that same word in the mouth of Jesus. And you must know that. Praise God. And this is so important. Who art thou, O mountain? before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain hallelujah and and it will be with cries of grace grace unto it there shall be cries of grace from your lips learn how to cry grace even in the times of pain and even when the tears are flowing i wish i can show you let me show you that scripture zechariah chapter 4 let's go there zechariah chapter 4 verse, verse 6 oh hallelujah glory To God. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, He answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Then verse 7 says, Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. And verse, and it reads, it says, And he shall bring forth the headstones, therefore with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. It says he shall bring forth, let me read the, um, the, let's see the living Bible. I like the living Bible a lot. Let's see the living Bible of this same verse, of this same verse 7. It says, Therefore, no mountain, however high, can stand before Zerubbabel, for it will flatten out before him. I declare in the name of Jesus that mountains will flatten out before you. It doesn't matter what that mountain is. You know what mountains represent? Mountains represent long-standing circumstances because it doesn't take one day for a mountain to get formed. So anything that has been of lasting effect in your life that is negative, they're going to flatten out. You know when God was telling um, the children of Israel to go around the walls of Jericho, right? And he said on the seventh day, while they have gone around, uh, they will go around seven times and when the at the sound or at the blast of the trumpet, the walls of Jericho will come down. See, when the walls of Jericho fell down flat, it was a miracle. Because think about it, the walls of Jericho were not... The kind of flat walls that we see today, you know, just a brick size wall, you know, uh, a brick thick wall. That's not the kind of wall. The walls of Jericho were such that people were living in the walls. There were houses in the walls. There were passages in the walls. There were homes in the walls. You know, even the woman who helped uh, one of the spies come in, she was living in the walls. So when the Bible says that the walls fell down and it was flattened, that was a miracle because if that crumbled, it will form, the obstacle would form a heap again. So God maybe had to open the ground for those things to fall flat. It was a miracle. I don't know how it happened, but it was a miracle. See, when your mountains fall flat, there is no attribution to what man has done. Everything is about what God has done. And I don't care how long that mountain is. It is going to fall flat. But you must learn. Oh, hallelujah. You must learn how to, with shoutings and cries of grace, speak to those mountains. Mountains hear the voice of grace. Mountains obey the cries of grace. Not the cries of experience. Oh, see my pain. Oh, see where I am. You know, complaining and all of that. You must learn how to speak truly. Um, Look at the Living Bible again. It says, Therefore no mountain, however high, can stand before Zerubbabel, for it will flatten out before him, and Zerubbabel will finish building this temple with mighty shouts of thanksgiving for God's mercy, declaring that all was done by grace alone. The Living Bible, oh, hallelujah. It says, with shouts of thanksgiving. I want you to bust out into thanksgiving. That's speaking truly. When you are in pain, begin to thank God for all that you have in Christ. Praise God. And when you are in difficult situation, look at the mercies of God. In view of his love, in view of his mercies, begin to speak your position. Begin to talk your position. Begin to declare all that you are. By his stripes I was healed. The lines have fallen unto me in places and places and I have a goodly heritage. I am a victor and not a victim. I am the apple of his eyes. I am the apex of his creation. I am a royal priest today, holy nation, a peculiar person called out to show his marvelous works and to, to show his praises. The praises of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. You begin to declare who you are in Christ. You begin to declare that you are above the strivings of men. That you are, you are exempted from the strivings and the situations that men go through. Why? Because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Say these things. And when you talk like that, you're speaking truly. When you feel symptoms in your body and you say, I'm healed, I'm the healed of the Lord, you're speaking truly. When there is no money in your pocket and then you begin to talk, you are wealthy because of all that Christ has done. You have abundance. You walk in abundance. You're speaking truly. That's how to speak truly. So mountains are going to come down in your life with shoutings of grace and in view of the mercies of God, declaring all that Christ has done. Praise God, somebody. Praise God, somebody. This is so powerful. Let's go back to our text in Ephesians chapter four. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 again. Where are we? Okay, I think we're in uh, um, verse 15. So the Amplified Version, we go back to the Amplified Version. It says, speaking truly, dealing truly, and living truly. So let's see what it says. It says, dealing truly, that's the next one. That we must know how to deal truly and it is important for us to come to that place. That in as much as we speak truly, we must know how to deal truly. Let our dealings, let everything that we encounter, our circumstances, our approach to things, our approach to life, our perspective, let it be according to the perspective of what Christ has done. That's your ability to deal truly. So whatever life throws at you, you are able to deal truly. You are able to deal with life circumstances truly. You are able to stand your victory. You are able to, you are able to maintain the victory you have in Christ. That's dealing truly. That's so important. When, when, when you are in terrible situations with people, you are able to deal truly. No matter how dark it is for a believer, he will always bounce back. Why? Because the blessing is speaking. You are able to deal truly. You're not supposed to wallow in defeat. You're not supposed to wallow in shame. You're not supposed to wallow in condemnation. Deal with that guilt. Deal with that condemnation. Whatever it is that the devil is throwing at you, know that the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. So deal truly. We deal truly in this kingdom. We roll. That's how we roll. We deal truly in this kingdom. We speak truly. We deal truly. And guess what? When you deal truly, people are going to say that you are not real, that you are not a realist. You know, I hear people say a lot, I'm a realist. I like to say things the way they are. Don't fall into all those traditions of men. I say things the way they are. You say things the way they are Mm -hmm. in Christ. That's how you do yours. That's how we roll. We don't talk defeat. We We don't fear their fears. We don't, we don't analyze their own analysis. We don't walk in their wisdom. We walk by what Christ has done. And that's how we deal. That's how we deal. And then it says also, living truly, living truly, living truly. So let your life, in speaking truly, in dealing truly, in living truly, exhibit and show the understanding that you have of Christ. And let's keep going. He says, Enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way and in all things into Him who is the head. So love has to be um, the major expression that points to the fact that you are spiritually mature. When you've come to the place where you've understood the love of God and the completeness of that love is expressed in you loving others and loving him because he first loved you. You are able to speak truly. You are able to deal truly. You are able to live truly. Oh, praise God. And let me also show you verse 16. It says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Um, in order to understand this, we're going to look at the Amplified Version and probably the Living Bible so we can understand this. Okay, so let's just read verse 15 so we can have a flow again. It says, rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and folded in love. This is the Amplified Version. Let us grow up in every way and in all things Into Him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. So we're growing up into Christ. Then verse 16 says, For because of Him, because of Christ, the whole body, which is the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. So I want you to see that Christ is the factor for our growth here. And you function properly uh, to edify and to be a blessing to the remaining parts of the body of Christ because Christ is the center of your growth. He's the focus of your growth. He's the object of your growth. And that's so powerful for us to realize and I want to point out a phrase here that is very important. It says, um, with power adapted to its need, is working properly, working properly in all its functions. So it says, working properly in all its functions. My desire for you is that you will um, work properly in all your functions because God has designed for you to function in a particular way but guess what if you do not come to maturity you would not have the capacity to function in the way you ought to function. So proper function or working properly in all of your function is a product of maturity. When you assume that state of maturity you come to that place. Um, The one who is a child would never know the importance of his or her responsibility because he is still in infancy stage but if you come to full age you come to the place of growth and maturity you begin to walk properly and function properly in everything that God has asked you to do in in all the places where you are meant to function for the benefit of the body of Christ right these things are so important and we must not neglect them right so look at verse 17 it says so this i say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord, as in His presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles, do in their in their perverseness, in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls, and the futility of their minds. Verse 18 says, "Their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated and estranged, self-banished from the life of God, with no share in it." This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the, insensitive, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. Verse 18 of this same uh, in the King James, it says that having their understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of their blindness of heart, Then verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves unto lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Then look at verse 20, it says, but ye have not so learned Christ. Oh, this is so powerful. So when you learn Christ, you come to maturity. Christ is who we learn. Why? Because it is God's desire that we are conformed to the image of Christ. So Christ-likeness is. Is the goal of every believer, is the goal of every believer's maturity. So Christ like So, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. Friends, I want you to know that the truth is in Jesus. So it says, you've heard of him and you have been taught by him. Things that are going to um, determine your growth is being taught. The, the, the finished work of Christ. You, you've got to put yourself to be taught, right? Because when you are taught, you'll come to the full knowledge of who you are in Christ. And that's why God has given us um, one of the enablers, which is um, the ministry gift of teachers and pastors in the body of Christ to teach us who we are in Christ, right? So... That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. We're reading all the way down. Now, verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, I want you to know that uh, from the place of your position to the place of your experience, there is something that comes in the middle because your position is what you focus on, not your experience. Many times it's very easy to focus on our experience because our experience is what we see. Our experience is what we hear. Our experience is what we feel. But you don't really feel position. You don't really feel who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is not what you see. Who you are in Christ is what you know. What the Holy Spirit tells you. What what the Holy Spirit ministers to you in your heart. So, but it's not the immediate object of your sight or your hearing. But it's important that you must transfer your attention from your experiences to who you are in Christ. Always remember who you are in Christ. Now look at it, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. For you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind is what guarantees your transformation because you are always beholding who you are in Christ, and therefore it will ultimately show in your experience. Just keep talking your position, your experience will change. And that's what I want you to know. Verse 24 it says, And That ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Then verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man uh, truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one body. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Uh, rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good, that he may have to give him that is in need. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, somebody. So, this is so powerful for us to know that God wants you to learn Christ. Um, Paul is commending the Ephesian church that by the teaching of Christ, they learn Christ and they express truly, um, um, lovingly, all the things that Christ is to them. I pray in the name of Jesus. That by virtue of your understanding of who the Son of God is, you would speak truly, you would deal truly, you would live truly. And your growth would be very Christocentric. That um, you would not just be called a mere Christian, right? But you would express the life of Christ. And people will smell Christ in your life, you know. Um, This is a powerful tool for evangelism. Sometimes without even saying to someone... Jesus loves you. By the time they look at your life, they're intrigued by who you are in your workplace. They just like the way you deal, just like the way you live. You know, you you are peaceful with people. You are loving with people. You speak very well of people. You don't talk down on people. Your conversations are very seasoned with salt. That is a very powerful evangelistic tool right now. And um, it is not just what you say. But it is how you live your life. And it is so important that we come to that place of maturity. Keep beholding Christ, and you will become more like Him. You will become as He is because we are already as He is. You will keep being transformed from glory to glory because you behold Him. And it's not going to be anything of self performance, but by the working of the Holy Spirit because He's the one who works in you both to will. And to do of his good pleasure so i pray for you in the name of jesus that your life will in exactness express truly the things of christ speak truly the things of christ and deal and live truly the things of christ i believe you were blessed by this and i want you to know that it is your responsibility to letting others benefit from your christ-likeness because if you don't come to the place of full maturity um, the other member in the body of Christ gets to suffer and we don't we don't want that to happen because everybody has to come to the unity of the faith and you know the joints and the ligaments that supply you know every part of the body as according to the working of Christ has to be effective if each and every one of us learn to walk and function properly in the place where God has called us to be praise God you are important to your brother you are important to your sister live truly Deal truly and speak truly. I believe you were blessed by today's session. And I'm just going to say, What a word of prayer! I'm just going to say, What a word of prayer with you right now. Wherever you are, just lift your hands and we're, we're praying together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone who has heard the word of God will grow up into Christ. Christ will be the focus of our growth and we would experience and exude Christ, we would express Christ in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we will learn how to speak, we will learn how to talk, we will learn how to deal, we will learn how to live according to the life of Christ that is at work in us in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you hear our prayers. For in Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone say this amen. This concludes amen. this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about The Standpoint Church, Visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.